Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sana Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Yo, what it do? This your boy D Dash Quick. I'm on a verbally effective podcast. It's going down. Y'all know what time it is. Hi, what's going on? This is Kenneth Wells with 3i Creative Communications, and you're now listening to Verbally Effective Podcast with DJ Esco. Wrong Esco? All right, Ina Esco. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. You know, this is the podcast all about the movers, the shakers, the podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis focus. That's right. I said Memphis focus. Hey, before we get started, I want all of you out there to go get some merch. We are really in the fall, in the thick of it, right? It's cool outside. I need you to get those hoodies, those tees, those Henry masks at ivymultimediashop.com. Also, I need you guys to subscribe to the podcast on all streaming platforms. I'm talking about Spotify, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, all of the streaming platforms. And make sure you also subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, Ina Esco, E-N-A-E-S-C-O. And, you know, since I've last spoken with you all, a lot has happened. And we're going to catch up on some of those current events today with my good friend that is sitting to the left of me. And he should have been here a long time ago. Let me let me say that. He should have been here a long time ago. But I am so thankful that he is sitting next to me today. I am talking about entrepreneur. He is the owner and CEO of Grind City Kicks. He has his whole philanthropy going on as well. I'll let him get into it. And you're going to know a lot about my boy, Chima on Wuka today. How are you, Chima? I'm doing great. I must say you are involved in a whole lot of stuff. I should have had a pen and paper down here and write some of the stuff that you had going on. I mean, I didn't even know you had a YouTube channel. I'm, yes. I'm tripping. You're tripping. <laughs> Look, we were just talking about like this digital age, right? right. Like right. to survive in these digital right. streets, you gotta have everything, right? Spotify, all of that. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. How's it going? I'm doing well. I cannot complain, especially you know, with everything going on, blessed to be alive, blessed to be healthy. So I cannot complain at all. Yes. So, you know, I gave an introduction of Chima, but I want you to tell the verbally effective audience who you are and where exactly you're from. Who I am. I'm just a young man um, that is blessed by God to just do the things that I've been doing, whether it's that Scrying City Kicks, 
Grind City Cares in the community, and then a little bit of both in between, um, being a clinical liaison for youth villages, inspirational uh, speaker for the kids and the youth and the uh, young adults and the adults that want to motivate themselves or inspire different things, just a little bit different things. And, of course, some people always ask me where your name came from. So that's a Nigerian, yes, yes. <laughs> Nigerian background. Shout out to the parents. But I was uh, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. So okay. I'm a true African-American. You're a true African-American. That's what I say. I say, uh, are you African-American or are you African-American? True African-American. First generation. What part of Memphis did you grow up in? So originally when I was born, I was born in Whitehaven. Then my dad... Started doing well in his career, and we moved to the suburbs of Carterville and then to Germantown. Wow. Yeah. So you grew up in the suburbs. In the suburbs, yeah. Okay. So Carterville High School, did you attend? No, 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 no. Schilling Farms Middle School. Oh. And then I was blessed enough to go to a private school called MUS, Memphis University School. Wow. So, um, okay. I'm dealing yeah. with some brains <laughs> over here. Now, you're going to have to tell me about your experience attending M-U-S. How was that as an African-American with a name like Chima Anwuka over there at M-U-S? Tell me about it. So initially, it was different. I'm not going to lie. It was very different. I didn't have any friends mm. um, going there. Unlike some of the other kids, they had friends. They had people that they knew from like elementary school mm-hmm. to pre-K and all that. So it was different um, going to a private school and then just learning the way they do things. But I must say, looking back... It was probably the best thing for me. Why is that? Um, They taught you how to be responsible as a young man. They taught you how to, you know, time management, do the things that you needed to do, take accountability for your actions, and all that stuff you— as a kid or as a um, teenager, you just feel like they're doing too much, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, just doing too much. <laughs> Why can't we just go to school and have fun? But you don't realize what they do in the long run and mm-hmm. how much benefit that you get from knowing these people. And then I must say this— 27 years old now, they're coming back and helping me with all my community service wow. work. So it's like it just comes back full circle. Full circle. So I shout out to MUS. I love mm-hmm. them. Love my faculty and my uh, my classmates. So mm-hmm. thankful for that. In that graduating class, about how many African Americans that you could recall? Percentage, give or take. Well, I'm going to get a number. I, I would say... 20 to 30 in my class. Okay, I thought you would have said lower. I want to say it's 20 to 30. Okay. Don't quote me on it, but I think it was 20 to 30, yeah. Okay. So the young Chima that graduated from MUS, what did you have your sights set on to do (laughs) when you graduated from MUS? That's a great question. It was nothing at all. Nothing? I had no plan. Only good schooling? Listen. Listen, people don't know this. People don't know this part about me. Okay. But the only goal I had was to become a football player, to play in the NFL. Did you play at MUS? I did play MUS. Okay. But I couldn't play college. Um, my parents wanted me to focus on academics, mm. which was like I said, looking back at it, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad they did that because the person I am today probably wouldn't have been this person now if I I was tunnel vision on sports. Mm. Um, so I was just naturally good at football. So when I got into college, I don't know if you want me to ask that. I'm segueing now. Go ahead. Now. <laughs> I like how you segued. You did so it for me. when I got into college, going to um, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, mm-hmm. um, my parents wanted me to be a pre-med uh, student, so be a doctor, a physician. Mm. And, you know, I, I respected my parents. I followed that route and everything. But doing that, I almost dropped out of school. I'm mm-hmm. talking about freshman year 
academic probation, GPA under 2.0, um, sophomore year, just trying to get my grades back just to stay subpar. And then when I realized what I need to be doing, which is why I changed my degree to psychology, everything just turned around. Wow. So from that, I always call that my light bulb moment. Okay. That was yeah. your light bulb moment. Now, let me ask you this. What was attributing to that, you know, low GPA? Was it the work was just too much? Well, so I'm a very religious person. I have a great relationship with God. So I always say, it's God showing me that this is not what I was supposed to be doing. Okay. <laughs> it was showing me from even MUS. I wasn't the smartest kid in MUS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was an average student. and But coming from public school, I was smart. So I was mm-hmm. wondering... What was going on, people would say, well, you know, you switch from public school to private school. So, of course, the workload and the ab- academics is going to be a little bit rigorous. I said, nah, you know, I, I work hard and I always want to succeed, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't get it right. So until my junior year, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that again, to my junior year of college, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when I figured out. I was like, okay, I've just been doing the wrong thing. Okay. So when I figured out what I was supposed to be doing, life just got smooth. And how did you figure out psychology? Um, I took a class, so being a pre-med major, and <clears throat> my advisor told me, okay, what we're going to do is to save you, just to keep you in school, we're going to take away the major classes, and we're going to just do the prerequisites. Mm-hmm. So psychology was one of them. Going to psychology class, learning about psychology and the way people think and act and behave, I was like, man, this this makes sense to me. This is what I need to be learning. And then I can relate it back to who I am and the, some of the things that, you know, I struggle with or life challenges and stuff like that. So once I figured that out, I said, okay, I need to be going in this direction. Then I started moving towards counseling. Mm. And then that's how I became where I'm at now. So even before now, I worked at um, Memphis Mental Health Institute. I don't know if many okay. people know where that's at. But that's the psychiatric institution here in Memphis. And wow. we work with... Um, schizophrenia, bipolar, anger management, alcohol and drug abuse, all different things. Mm-hmm. And just even being in that environment, learning about that and, you know, helping those people out, I just knew I was in the right in the right place. So mm-hmm. now I want to further my degree and get a Ph.D. in psychology. And that's what you're working towards and now. That's what I'm working towards. So a lot of people, you know, it's crazy. A lot of people don't know I work a 9 to 5. Like I, I didn't work. know that <laughs> until I read your bio. I thought, so a lot of people, a, a lot of people don't realize I work a Monday through Friday, and I'm in school. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know those two things, but I mean, Grind City Kicks is doing this thing. Grind City Cares is doing a great job, but I'm really, I really told I, I made a promise to myself that I want to get a PhD in psychology because I really want to go in depth and learn about the human mind and human behavior. Mm-hmm. Why do we do certain things? Why do we behave certain ways? And what what's the reason? What's the background? I mean, it's a whole. I can, it's the whole podcast. We can I go love that. psychology. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I so, love it. I mean, I have I have moments in my life, <clears throat> maybe a year ago, where I was like, man, do I really need to keep going to school mm-hmm. uh, and get my master's and get a PhD, or do I just need to just focus on being an entrepreneur, full time entrepreneur? And I said, no, I just I can't give up because it's it's more than just the education. Mm-hmm. It's about the will. If I made a promise to myself to do that, I'm looking at other kids like, okay. If it gets hard, do you give up? No. Mm-hmm. You go for what you want. You so that's preach, so preach. I just stuck with it and I'm gonna keep yes. sticking with it and I'll just I just wanna be diverse. I wanna go in every environment, every meeting, mm-hmm. every conference, and nobody can tell me, Oh, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. I got a PhD, I own a business, I started a nonprofit, 
I'm an inspirational speaker. I mean, the whole night. Yeah, they can't take it from you, right? <laughs> they they cannot take it they from can. you. So, you know, before we get into Grind City Kicks, I want you to tell me, what did your parents say when you changed your major? That's what I want to know. When you changed from pre-med to psychology. You know, at that point, <laughs> at that point, my sophomore or junior year, they were like, do whatever you can to, to stay in school okay. at that point. Okay. Um, you know, at first they were like, psychology like are you gonna be able to you know financially take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know you know the doctors they make a certain salary and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I said hey you know I think this is what I need to be doing and plus I'm about to fail out keep being a pre-man so it's either it saved you either (laughs) switch my major or go work somewhere go back home and work at the nearest grocery store I don't know so Wow. Okay. So you, you know, you're pursuing this PhD in psychology. And, you know, it's very interesting to me because so much has changed in such a short amount of time with people and how we deal with things. So I know in your particular line of work, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of things, right? Because currently... Um, you're a clinician mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. at Youth Villages, correct? And tell me about that role that you have now. So this role is different for me. I always, um, I've worked with kids on numerous amount of occasions, but I've never worked with them on a professional setting, in a clinical setting. So um, working with Youth Villages, working with kids primarily from 12 to 17, mm. um, and then just working with them, dealing with problem sexual behavior treatment. Um, just learning that side of things, and you know, I'm not trying to get to the specifics of it, but um, that some of these kids, I'll, I'll go into a little bit, but you, you know, as a parent, right? Um, how many times have you had a conversation with your child, and you don't even have to answer this, that it's inappropriate to have sex with your sibling? Mm, never. Exactly. So if you think about it in that sense, we just think that's common sense, right? Right. But there's some kids that are so curious. Right. <laughs> when right. they start, like, getting into that 13 or that preteen and they start, you know, getting curious about sexual um, behaviors and encounterment, they're uh-huh. like, okay, well, I have a sister. Sometimes I have a brother. And, okay, I want to try that. They see that on porn and then boom. Mm. Without realizing this is my sibling, this is not supposed to happen. And then parents look back at it and say, How could you do that? That's your sibling, that's your mm-hmm. sister, that's your brother. Did you ever really just sit down and have a conversation with them? We talk about drugs, mm-hmm. we talk about you need to be home at a certain time, we talk about time management. But did you say, Okay, this is how we need to approach sexual behavior? Wow. So now, I, that, that's very it can interesting. Get deep over there, I don't know if you want to go too much. But, into but you that, know but. what? I, I I have a friend that works there, and mm-hmm. and she was somewhat in a similar role that you have, and she's told me so many stories that were unbelievable that you never think about. You never think about it. You never think about. It. Now, do those kids respect you? They do. Um, I think it has something to do with me being younger, mm-hmm. um, me being able to relate, talk to them, respectable. I'm mm-hmm. not saying anybody doesn't, but just. They do respect me. Uh, very likable on that campus. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chima this, Mr. Chima that. Um, mm-hmm. Was the basketball coach last year, so mm-hmm. they. It's a lot of kids that like basketball. Apparently, apparently, you know, and I know this. Basketball can bring relationships. Mm. Oh, definitely. <laughs> to a lot of people, so relatable, no, relatable, right? Yeah. So, um, no, but I, I have truly 
learned from being at U Villages. Um, mm-hmm. Just and then even learning. One day I want to be a parent, so even learning the things that I need to be aware of and what kids. I mean, we talk about siblings, pets too. I mean, they're just oh, wow. curious. I mean, Ooh. we know kids are curious. Curious. <laughs> so they just their mind is all over the place, and they just want to try new things without realizing. Okay. This is not, you know, what you should be doing. And they have access to so much. Like you mentioned, the porn. They have access to everything on their phones. Kids are getting phones at a younger age now. Oh, that's why I got a cap (laughs) on that. No, my eight-year-old wants one now, and I'm like, no, you're not. Kids are getting phones at a younger age. iPads. And we just talked earlier, um, kids are getting laptops. They're not even practicing cursive no more. No, no more cursive. Everything, (laughs) you have to know how to type. It's a digital world, so. (laughs) Definitely that. We have to be aware of what kids are doing. Yes, we we do. And I want to say this, because I talked about this with my fiancé, too. But just um, as parents, we can't be afraid to have certain conversations. I agree. You can't be scared. Especially these days. (laughs) You can't be scared. Especially. And it may feel uncomfortable, but you got to do it. I'm going through it right now, ladies and gentlemen, with my 16-year-old and my 8-year-old because he's watching everything that 16-year-old doing. Oh, they hip now. (laughs) They they nosy. (laughs) They are nosy. Okay, Chima. So before we segue into the whole Grind City Kicks world, I do want to mention to the Verbally Effective audience that you guys need to hit that subscribe button right now on the Ina Esco YouTube channel and also subscribe to the Verbally Effective podcast on all streaming platforms. Okay, Chima on Wuka. Let's talk about Grind City Kicks. How did this all come together? So it first started, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it first started with another gentleman. Um, He had the idea and he brought it up to me. And at first I, I denied it. I was like, man, we're in the city of Memphis. Everybody sells shoes. I'm not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just It's just too much of that going on. And that's not what I wanted to do. And then I thought about it, went to this um, event where this guy was talking, and he was talking about entrepreneurship and doing something that you believe in and something that relates to you. And then I said, okay, okay, maybe I can take this opportunity and turn it around a little bit. So then we had a conversation. I said, okay, if we're going to do this, I don't want to just sell shoes like everybody else. I want to get the community aspect and the philanthropy aspect of it. And I brought that to him. We had a meeting, and then boom, it happened. That's how GCK happened. GCK also grinds to the case if people don't know. Um, That's how that happened, and then we went from a year to almost a year and a half, and then he decided to move a different direction. And I had to sit and have a conversation with myself and my brother and a couple of different other people. I'm like, do I really want to buy this company? Because he gave me two options. He gave me ultimatum. He said, either you're going to follow me and move into retro clothing or you have to buy me out and run this mm. company on your own. And I, it took some days to think about it. And I said, okay, we're really doing some things outside of just business stuff, just things in the community. I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not just going to leave this alone. I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I bought them out, and ever since then, it's just been amazing. Amazing. <laughs> now, for those that this don't know about Grind City Kicks, tell everybody what Grind City Kicks is exactly. Like mm-hmm. the type of um, you know consumer that you're looking for, okay. what you have to offer. 
you know, tell everybody about it. Well, I'm going to say this. If you know, if you don't know what Grind City Kicks is, you're losing. You lose nah, it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But no, Grind City Kicks <laughs> is a, it's an online shoe and apparel brand. Um, I have the shoes on, of course. Um, we had our first. Those are nice. Right. Black Lives Matter. Um, we partnered with So Give okay. um, organization. They do a lot of different things with shoes. So we felt like that just made sense to partner with the organization that gives back and that creates shoes. And we were like, all right, we'll just we'll do the Black Lives Matter shoe. But before I transition to that, um, online shoe and apparel brand that partners with organizations and businesses to impact the community. So mm-hmm. the business aspect is the, the apparel and the shoes. And then the philanthropy aspect is we the work that we do in the community. Okay. So that's what makes us a little bit different than other retail or shoe brands and stuff like that. Okay. And do you help with the design of the shoe? Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I bet you all up in if, it. Look, listen. <laughs> if I'm going to wear the shoe and I'm going to be like, this is what we created and everything, I got to be, you know, I got to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. I can't wear a shoe and be like, I don't like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So tell me about some of the work that you guys have been doing in the community. I know this kind of transition to a nonprofit, right. or that's another aspect. Yeah. Well, I can talk a little bit about that. Okay. Okay. So, like I said, what makes us different is the work that we've been doing in the community. So um, I'm going to give you—I don't think I've ever told this in, on the record, but mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. With GCK, we did so much community work that we were losing money. Mm. <laughs> we we started doing so much work in the community and so much giving back that all the profits were like taken away. We were starting getting the negative. Mm. So that's where the nonprofit came out. I was like, okay, I'm not getting any support from organizations and businesses because I'm a business. And it makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. you can't get tax write off for that. Right. So so I said, okay, so our good friend, I, I can mention names on the. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Kelvin, mm-hmm. Kelvin Woods, uh, he told me, we sat down to have a conversation. He was like, mate, I think, he, he asked me a specific question. He said, are you making enough money to stay a business or can you just focus on community work? I said, no, we we making enough. And he said, okay, I need you, let's think about starting a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And he put that seed in my head and that's how Grind City Cares came about. And it just, now it's just great because I can still do community work with Grind City Kicks, but I don't have to utilize all the resources from GCK into the community. Smart. And I can now focus all the direction and just partner with the nonprofit and do mm-hmm. more work, have more partnerships. Um, we've had a partnership with Peabody, had a partnership with How It Works. I don't, if I keep going to list, I don't want to miss nobody. <laughs> MUS. Um, um, what's the. Uh, what's that? What are they called? Uh, there's so many different people that have partnerships. And um, it's really, in our first year out of the pandemic, we've really done some big things. But wow. I don't want to get too much into Grind City Kicks because I know this is more about Grind City Kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we've done things with Duke Deuce in the past. Okay, Duke um, Deuce. I know how to juke. <laughs> shout like out to Duke, Duke Deuce. Deuce. <laughs> you know how to juke. Actually, see, you keep, you keep transitioning. <laughs> Stay with me. That used to be you b- Duke Duke before though. the football, mm-hmm. before everything else. You was juking. I was juking. Talent shows, pageants, and the uh, UT, all that stuff. My talent was juking. Challenge. I mean, you, you, Challenge. What's your thing? You I'm know, you want to know why I stopped? <laughs> why? Because, I'm going to tell you this, it wasn't cute to to sweat. Oh, okay. So I was, I was, 
I was juking for real okay. at parties and events and stuff like that, but I was sweating. You was like, uh-uh, and I was not like, yeah, that's not cute. Like, you oh, know, wow. when girls try to come and mm-hmm. talk to you, you sweating and stuff. So I was like, nah, I gotta, I gotta find something else. Seriously, so I just stopped. Shame I literally stopped juking because oh, of that. Oh, MG, y'all heard it. <laughs> so <laughs> shout out to all my jukers out there, but I couldn't do it. But it wasn't for me. I love the ones that do it. My direction isn't what I'm doing now. Okay, so. so you partnered with Duke Deuce. I partnered with Duke Deuce, and we had a local concert for the people that gave school supplies, and we gave those school supplies to Whitehaven and Fairly High School. Wow. Um, it was a dope event. Um, people got to come in for free. All you have to do is just bring school supplies. Mm-hmm. Definitely thinking about doing it again. Um Great people with Duke Deuce and Co-Cash and all them folks. So, yes. Yeah. And you guys recently uh, did something with uh, Thanksgiving. Is that a yearly event? So that was Grind City Cares, not Cares. Okay. Yeah. So you, you kind of so see how right, they right, kind of right, blend right, 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 a little right, bit. Right. But, we got to um, keep them separate. Though. Right. So another couple of things that we've done, we uh, we started off with giving shoes to youth in the community that were doing well academically or athletically or in the community. So we used to gotcha. give a shoe a month for them. We've done things where we've given tributes to families that have lost loved ones due to tragedies, giving their favorite shoe mm-hmm. to them in a in a case and everything like that. We've done American Cancer Society was our biggest one mm-hmm. um, where we um, did a commercial and then donated the shoe off to American Cancer Society, went to Tunica, got some more money awesome. and all that. So, Wow. Now, what would you say has been like your top selling shoe with Grind City Kicks? Top selling shoe? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to say this. I'm not speaking about any shoe before the GCK shoe that came out. Okay. I'm not. Jordan don't talk about you. Adidas, right? That's true. Okay, then. So I'm not talking about any okay. of the shoes that Y'all we saw. Y'all going get the GCK <laughs> shoe. I'm not talking about it any other shoe is. that I came feel. out before the GCK shoes. So. I feel you, Shama. <laughs> so these shoes you. right here have been the most selfish. Yes, yeah, so we, we need to highlight the Black Lives Matter junk so, so over down here. Yeah. So let me say that. <laughs> wow. So where do you want to take Grand City Kicks? Man, let me just say this. I have been so amazed of where it's gone in such a short time. I think, I don't know if you can quote me or not, but I think they say businesses, if you make it past your fifth year, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. okay. And we're only, we haven't even got to our fourth year yet. Okay. So we're, we're doing good. Um, where do I see it? Where I see it going? Where do I want it? Right now is on the right path. I didn't think we we're gonna have a shoe this early on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was one God of God is good. That's, that God is great. So I didn't I didn't see that happen at, at a short term, but for that to happen so quickly, it's like ooh, shocked. So mm-hmm. now it's like okay, what what we need to do next? What do we need to stay? So really, just continue to do what we're doing, but doing it better than what we did before. Gotcha. So more shoes, more community work, um, even. I always say, people always ask me, what's your target audience? I say, everyone. Mm-hmm. Not the young, not just um, minorities, everyone. I want the the person at the nursing home to mm-hmm. want to buy some shoes, to the person that owned Fortune 500 company to buy a T-shirt. You want Joe Biden wearing them just exactly. on his, on his I speech have a target. I want everybody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want a target. I, I want everyone. I want everybody to say three letters is GCK and, GCK. Know, and know what it represents. So. You know what I want to know, um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before the pod started, um, with this digital world, right? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. transitioning into a digital space, right? How have you adapted um, with the digital 
you know, climate that we have now with your business, even with your personal life? Like, like how are you in social media getting down? <laughs> so what's crazy is people ask me all the time, are you ever going to have a storefront? And I would say no. Because I saw something like this coming. Not a pandemic, of course, but saw where one of the things that I do that a lot of people don't know is I I do a lot of research on Google. I watch a lot of YouTube uh, uh, videos, and I've studied Amazon back and forth and just seen, like, how they rose to the top. And just understanding that, you know, storefront, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's not the way to go. But I've seen the benefits of not having one. Mm-hmm. I've talked to I have good I'm a good friend with one of um he's an owner or a franchise owner of a UPS store mm-hmm. and he talks about payroll he's talking about people not working mm-hmm. as hard as him he talks about getting people to come to work and stuff like that mm-hmm. and having inventory so that's a lot of overhead right. right so I'm thinking about on my end as an e-commerce I'm like man that's stuff that you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. of course I pay taxes and stuff but do I have to pay a property tax no do I have to pay rent no and I'm still using social media so that goes back to your question social media now (laughs) what people don't know about me is i don't like to stay on social media 24 7 Mm -hmm. and i commend i'm saying it on the record for the camera (laughs) i commend every person that does social media for the line of work because that thing is no joke Mm -mm. Um, so talking about like the challenges and stuff being on social media more um, still being in the streets, putting the boost to the to the streets and talking and verbally engaging with your audience and the people that just know about you just a little bit and just telling them more. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when they could put a face when e-commerce, so there's always two difference. So when you don't have a storefront, they don't know who's behind the brand. Mm-hmm. So it, I have to take every opportunity, whether it's a conference, whether if it's a lecture series, whatever, I have to show myself because I represent the brand. Right. So if I represent the brand, I got to make sure I'm out there engaging with the community. Right. And you're out there and you're an inspirational speaker as well. I'm trying. I know you enjoy talking <laughs> with the kids, right? I do. I do. I yeah. do. I Would do. you like to do more inspirational, motivational engagements? I'm okay where I'm at. <laughs> uh, people ask me out of the time. They're like, you know, um, I turned down my uh, there was a contract. I'm not going to say the company. Mm-hmm. They wanted to pay me as a speaker full-time. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want to take away from what I'm doing outside of that mm-hmm. and put my, you know, all of my time into that. I like speaking on my own terms, mm-hmm. and I like being able to speak to a certain population, speak to a certain school, conference, and all that. But the way they wanted to pay me is wherever they have opportunity, I go. So it's cool to speak to FedEx, but can I speak to the young kids in Orange Mountain? Okay. Probably not. So, okay. so I like to being able to control that aspect of it. So gotcha. when you, you ask me, do I want more? I think I'm I'm good. Where you how good. many I get now? You good. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I have learned so much about you today, Chima. Um, you know, very smart, very ambitious, and. Uh, very spiritual, and 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 I want to tell you congratulations as well on the engagement. Oh yeah, we bring that to the podcast. Yes. Okay. Ah, yes. <laughs> so you've mentioned fiance quite a few times. So I want to tell you congratulations. And this is my last question to you, Chima. What does Memphis mean to you? You know, verbally effective is all about mm-hmm. Memphis. Memphians mm-hmm. grinding it out, doing your thing. What does Memphis mean to you? Well. I, I mean, it means a lot because I'm going to tell you this. 
when I was in Knoxville in college, mm. I didn't know all of this was going to happen. Only thing I knew is I was going to become a some type of clinical counselor and everything like that, therapist. Um, got back to Memphis, worked my butt off, um, 80 hours a week at my old job, no sleep, no break, nothing like that. And then Grind City, both cares and kicks, comes from the terminology of Memphis. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't even have happened if I wasn't being... And then I'm going to tell you what's the reason why I'm a big advocate for Memphis. And people... I'm not... I always want to clear the record. Not to... You can go out. You can venture. Go to new cities. Learn. Grasp whatever you need to grasp. But come back to the city and make it better. Because mm-hmm. we're going to Atlanta. We're going to Nashville. We're going to D.C., Dallas, and a lot... Houston... And making those cities better, talented individuals that are from Memphis and not making our own city better. So mm-hmm. what I would say to this is that Memphis has given me the opportunity to do some of the things I've done, or if not all the things. I talked about MUS coming back full circle. Mm-hmm. They've been able to partner with me and do this, doing this Thanksgiving drive that we had with ma'am and giving back to 100 families. Would that have been possible? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows that me going to MUS is like a behind-the-scenes, closed-door um, benefit that I don't know. Oh, he went to MUS. Oh, get him. Mm-hmm. Or he, he knows this faculty member back from who knows when I went to elementary school. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can quote and cite, oh, yeah, this street over here, that street over there, that community organization. Could I have done that in Atlanta? Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. But it, it, it says a lot when you have a story. Like, okay, you you were raised in this city. You can tell about this city. You can say what happened in this city. You can quote about it. And then being able to be on the the camera or the front runner and be like, yeah, I remember when this happened, and I remember what it did for me. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's been so many people, so many people that have been in my life, whether that's teachers, family members, or whoever, and I came back from college and they were like man I'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. I remember when you were in school I remember when you were playing around and you were just one happy kid but now to see you doing so many different things and talking about Memphis because I know it's Sometimes it's hard to talk about sometimes Memphis Memphis. it's it's, it's just a lot going on Dolphin Dolphin yeah I mean I don't even know if you want to talk about that but just so much (laughs) so many things that happen that you make like come on Memphis yeah come on in yeah. your own city. Somebody, How did you feel for Memphis when Dolph passed last week? I don't even know the word for it, but my thing is for somebody to be who he was, not just as an artist, but as a community leader. Right, and you're and all to, about the community as about, well. That's that's why I respected him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, for that to happen in the city of Memphis, in the area where he grew up in. Yeah. That, that doesn't make horrible. any sense. Yeah, we got to turn that around, Shima. <laughs> you we, got to. We got to do something different. I mean, crime, violence. Poverty. Poverty, education. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the few things that, if you know, if I live to be 60, 80, 90 years old, I want to say, okay, I impacted those things in the way where it can move in a positive direction for this city. Definitely. Even if it's just one school, one family, one child at a time. Well, I think that you are well on your way, Chima. I'm trying. I'm trying. And you heard what Chima said. Keep your your talents in the city of Memphis. We need you. We're, we're trying to build trying this to. great metropolitan, right? And it's coming up. It, and, and it's really here, and it's thriving. It's just 
growing, right? It is. And we need... I don't know if people know what's going on. In the it's city. a lot going yeah. on. Mud Island's about to do some things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> downtown. My dad talks about... I always say this on record. My dad always talks about what downtown used to be. It used to mm-hmm. be a ghost town. That's what I heard. That's <laughs> what I heard. It used to be a ghost town. Yeah. And look where it's at look now. It, and they remember. So many things is happening. I think um, the Orange Mount Community Center is about oh, to change. Definitely. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lot it's going a on. It's a lot going Come on. on. Like, like, we're in the thick <laughs> of it right now. Mm-hmm. But we want everybody to know about the great things that are going on in the city. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, because I want people like you to come and talk about your journey, talk about your triumphs, your challenges, you know. And it may be something that you to say today that'll make, mm-hmm. you know, spark. somebody. Yes, spark, mm-hmm. you know, spark. Yes. But Chima, mm-hmm. I want you to let everybody know how everyone can get a Black Lives Matter G shoe. And how can they follow you on social media as well? Okay, so you can get this dope shoe, Black Lives Matter, of course, of what's going on today. We need to keep the conversation going. www.grindcitykicks.com. Social media, make it easy for everybody. It's Grind City Kicks, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, my personal account, Chima Onwuka. I have to spell it out for you because I know a lot of y'all don't know how to spell it. C-H-I-M-A, last name O-N-W-U-K-A. You can follow me on everything. And I follow back. I don't do that now. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say on the record. <laughs> I'm going to say on the record. If you got some stuff on your page that mm-hmm. is not positive, I'm not going to be specific of what that is. I'm not following you back. And I'm gonna say you that on the record. I'm gonna say that on the record to motivate people to clean up your social media because people are looking. What mm-hmm. you say is the day and age of the digital world. Definitely, your social media yes. is your resume. That is your resume. <laughs> that is, it your, is your resume. resume. So, and, and pretty soon, what all these companies are gonna be online? It, it ain't oh, gonna yeah. be no more brick and mortar. I, I don't. I don't. And see the brick and mortars have online. Uh, have an online space. That's true. Don't don't sleep on them now. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Wow. So, well, thank you so much, Chima Onwuka, for joining me today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Make sure you guys follow Chima and Grind City Kicks on all social media platforms. Also, check out the website. Support the brand. This young man is doing amazing things. Thank you guys for joining me yet again for another episode of the Verbally Effective Podcast.